Welcome to the Power Women in Insurance Show with your host, Teresa Kitchens. Join us as we laugh, talk about hard issues, support each other, and make our industry and our world a better place. Let's go. Hey, 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 everybody. This is Teresa Kitchens, and I'm your host of the Power Women in Insurance podcast. This week, we have Danielle Smeek, and she is amazing. If you have seen her, she's been on tons of different podcasts. She is the owner of Canyon Lands Insurance out of Arizona, but she also is the head of an amazing organization that brings markets to people called CLI. But wait, it gets better. She also is the coordinator of Wise Women in Insurance, as my brain's lady working. She's got a workshop coming up here in Arizona for celebrating women in the insurance space and talking about so many things. We're going to talk about that. I'm going to just tell you a little bit about that, but she's going to tell you more. And then she even has a brand new podcast called Declaration of Independence Podcast. So she is out there doing all the amazing things influencing people and really making a difference in our community. So Danielle, thank you so much for coming. And I appreciate you being on the podcast today. Yeah, thanks for having me. And actually, you inspired me to do the podcast. Uh, Ah. And so you're an inspiration for me. So thanks so much for being a trailblazer as a female, uh, you know, in that arena. Well, you are so kind and and I appreciate that so much. And I know we've had so many really good conversations, both online and in person, because we kind of run in a lot of the same circles. But one of the reasons that I reached out to you to be able to have you on this podcast is because you wrote a beautiful article about how to be able to encourage women to be able to really step into their power in the insurance industry. And I thought, you know what, that is exactly what we are trying to be able to accomplish here on this podcast is that whatever women want to be able to do in the industry, whatever it is, whether or not it's with, you know, the corporate side of the world, the agency side of the world, if it's in claims, if it's in finance, if it's in whatever it is, we want women to be able to step up and be able to achieve everything that they want for their career, for their families, for their agency, or for the company that they work for. And you wrote a beautiful article on that. So I wanted to start off with that a little bit. If you could tell us a little bit about you and why you're so passionate about this topic. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I've been in the industry over two decades. I was captive before, went independent in 2004. I bought the group in 2008. And in 2016, we started WISE, Women in Insurance Sharing Empowerment. And the goal was to have a group that involved men and women. And men have been a big part of my career and I call them minifactors. And so Heather McDougall, my COO and I, uh, we started the group with the concept of trying to get carriers to have programs for women. We knew we didn't have the resources or the reach that we needed to do that. And sometimes I think that if you want to make an impact, sometimes you have to go take your ego out of the way and then focus on how you can you know, get others to get involved that have more of that reach and impact than you do. So we started working with Liberty Mutual and Safeco and Nationwide and Travelers uh, on their women's programs at the forefront of it. Um, we created Wise Talks where we were able to go and speak or bring speakers in for the carriers on certain topics. And, you know, the thing that kept coming up again and again was that what gets in the way for a lot of women is confidence. Yeah. And so I did a lot of research. 
I am a naturally nerdy girl. So <laughs> I, I have like so many books that I like to read at one time and I'm kind of like an ADD like reader. So yeah. Over here, over here, over here. And so confidence kept coming up and I read the confidence code. That was my first book that I read. And then great I started- book. Yeah. Great awesome. book, by the way. I heard you on David Crothers power producer mm-hmm. podcast on that book and I immediately downloaded it on audible. And I think I've listened to it probably three times because I, I have an agency in Austin and an agency in Dallas. So I have three hours in between. And it's a great opportunity to just listen to the book for a nice little refresher. Oh, yeah. And um, I've actually bought the book for multiple people. So great recommendation. I love it. I just wanted to say that. It's it's for everybody out there. It's amazing. Yeah. And so it really, it's like I started looking at and like, what is getting in the way of confidence for mm-hmm. women, right? And we can't just go like, oh, well, we're in a male-dominated industry and it's very difficult and it's all that kind of stuff. We have to look at the things inwardly for us to advance in our careers of how we need to work on ourselves. And then how do we encourage and lift up other women to do um, the same thing, right? Mm -hmm. Once you've gone down that path, Uh, because I've gone down the path of all the things that uh, appear to be unconfident, right? Yep. And so like, I've doubted myself. I've, you know, played the lesser part. Um, I have gone through, I need to be 100%. Um, I'm still a little bit still struggling with that one. So like, like I, you know, before I move forward on something, I still have a backup plan for a backup plan for a backup plan. Um, right. But it helps me take risks. But I feel like it also gives me an edge and I can take, you know, educated risks. Mm-hmm. Um, where other people who jump into a risk without really fully understanding that risk, I appreciate their confidence in doing it. Um, but they have a lot more pivoting that they have to do um, than I feel like I have to do when I make those decisions. So I'm like, I feel like I'm sort of getting to almost the happy medium of it where I can be 80% and then move forward <laughs> instead of having to be 100%. And so like my hope is that by some of the work that I've done personally, some of the work that I've done coaching, um, men and women that mm-hmm. I can pass on, you know, some of the tips of, of how to create the confidence in yourself, recognize it yourself, and then stand up with other women when you're noticing that they are doubting their abilities or their future abilities. I think that's a place where we don't give us ourselves enough credit that in the mm. future, maybe we can't do this right now, but in the future, we are capable of it. That is like, that's something that I feel like I've always felt like I could bet on myself. So even though I hate risk, I hate, hate risk. I'm in risk management. And so, uh, but I was always confident that if I took a risk that I would bet on myself. And Mm. I think some women haven't gotten to that point. So if we can teach them like, Hey, like I'm the best risk, you know, that I can ever take is betting on myself. And then showing them how to do that, the risks become easier through the years as you make them and you feel more and more confident, like a snowball effect. Yeah. And I think one of the things that um, either I heard you say on the podcast or it came from the book or both is that confidence is a muscle that we have mm-hmm. to be able to exercise and develop. And the more that we can do little things that bring us a little bit of extra confidence, then we can step into the next bigger thing or the next motion. And I think sometimes for confidence, I get myself too far down the road. That I, I, oh, I, I want to be able to make sure that I have enough confidence to do like this really big mountain thing. But I forget that really confidence to me is almost like you just have to trust yourself that you're going to know the process and that you can, like you said, pivot and you can move with it. I think 
if I, and I, I'm one of these people, I want to know every single step of the way. I want to know every single rock I'm going to be able to step on. Is it going to move? Is it going to roll? What are we going to do? Where are we going to go? I want to know it all. But I know also being in business for the 20 years that I've been in, I know that I'm not going to be able to do that. I know that even if I'm in the middle of stuff, it's going to have a life of its own. But I've reminded, I've thought about that multiple times, that confidence is a muscle that I have to be able to exercise. And I've been able to do this in the past. So Teresa, pull up your big girl panties. We're on our way and we're going to go and we're going to do this. And I've got to say, that's made a really big impact on me just in the last year since since I heard that, heard that with the book and with your podcast. So thank you so much for that impact. Yeah, and it's really interesting because like, I, I talk to women a lot about the fact that there are some little milestones that we meet in that path mm-hmm. of building that muscle uh, that other people won't recognize. And so you've got to recognize it within yourself. And so like I try and help my team with kick-ass moments. If I see somebody's confidence like waning, I say at the end of the day, I want you to tell me one thing that you kicked ass at today, even no matter how small it is. You know what I mean? Even if it's like I didn't tell somebody that I was so angry at them, you know, whatever it is, mm-hmm. even if it's mm-hmm. like something that's like you stopping a behavior that you want to make sure you have under control. Right. So um, and then changing that habit. So I do that a lot with our team. And it was really interesting because yesterday we had um, our Arizona mastermind for our agencies here. And one of the gentlemen I was talking with him and he won't mind. He's like my brother. So I can put this out there. Um, you know, he was talking about like, he's like, well, I really hope, you know, it made a difference for everybody because he was the guy that initiated it for us. Right. And I said, I said, you know what? It's really interesting. I work with women and trying to get them to recognize the small little steps that we take for confidence and that we've made a difference. Right. But I think men struggle with it too. Mm-hmm. Cause he said, he's like, I wasn't sure. And I said, I want you to take this with you today. And that, do you think that there was one person that was in that room that took something home with them. Mm. Like, oh yeah, definitely, definitely. That's all that matters. So like I speak across the country and sometimes I used to go, I don't know if I can do this and there's doubtful and all that stuff. And that's all about my ego and it's all about the fear. But then I changed it and said, I am excited to share the message that I have to mm. you know give to the audience. And then I asked myself, was there one person in that room that connected with the message? that they took something from it, right? And usually they come and they tell you that, right? Let that validate you. Mm. It's enough. One person is enough. It doesn't have to be everybody and not everybody's going to love you. And like women tend to be people pleasers. And so we will jump all over the fact of that one hater. And we will embrace that one hater. Well, just embrace that one person that you did the impact instead. And just make that shift. And I think it makes it easier to take some risks and do stuff that is really, really scary if you embrace the one person on the positive side instead of embracing the one person on the negative side. Oh, 100%. 100%. I think it is kind of our nature to kind of look at the challenges a little bit more than the positive. But I would love to be able to take that encourage everybody to really focus on, you know, your wins, like what you said earlier, being able to ask your team, what is one thing today you did really well? Or what did you win at today? One thing. And I love the fact then too, you know, be make sure that whenever you're working to be able to to serve your community, that just the one person, right? Just the one person. And that's okay, because that's, that's why you're there. 
And, you know, we don't have to be the speaker that has the 8,000 people around them, right, at the conference, you know. <laughs> but I think sometimes we walk out of our meetings or out of our things. We're like, oh, well, that person over there has, you know, 532 people in their line and I've got like four, you know. But the reality is, think about the impact you can have with those four, you know, and the, the how far that's going to go because the depth of the conversations that you can have with them and and all of that. And um, just being willing to serve. I think every service opportunity is different too. And just to remember that we are there to serve. You know, we might be, you know, the, the one thing we say might be internalized by somebody and they might really be triggered by it, like on the way home and they start thinking about it. You know, it's something that it, it, sometimes it needs to settle. Sometimes it needs to mull and it needs mm -hmm. to grow a little bit to really be that impact. And we can't always gauge it just from that moment or even that afternoon or even that week because there's a lot of things that I don't share with people that they make an impact on me and I probably should do more of that. But counting our wins, I really love that. I love how you talk about just really being positive and counting your wins on that. And I think like you were talking about being an advocate. I'm going to grab this over here real quick and, and make it easy for you to be an advocate and show people. I have these cool cards that Tabitha made for me. And like this one says, wow. And it says, thank you for being you on the back. And it has my information. And then we've got like, hello, rockstar. And it has, you know, thank you again. And then it says, you are what making a difference looks like. So oh, I have I these that. mixed to, and there, there's like a whole bunch of different ones we pick. Um, I have them mixed to me at my desk. And so it's really easy for me to just grab it, right? The person's like a one sentence one sentence on here, right? Mm. Hand it over to my team and go, I need you to mail this to this person and send it out, right? So showing people that they've made a difference and they, in your life, can you've got to make it easier for yourself. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, like for working out for me, like I'm, I travel like a maniac. So then like, I'm always like, well, I don't work out as consistency because I travel. And I'm like, okay, that's just some excuses, right? Mm -hmm. So now I'm like, okay, here's the schedule. Here's the plan. If the plan goes off base, do I have, I have a workout bag now that has a variety of different outfits in it that's ready to go with me all the time so that I can fit working out into my schedule. And so I try to really do that and, and make it easy. Same with like showing people that you, they make a difference or that you appreciate mm -hmm. them. Make it easy for yourself. If that's something that you want to do and impact other people, you know, in a positive way and show them that because it makes a huge difference. I know yeah. when people send me things or if they, you know, take the time to send me an email and tell me how that impacted them. I mean, it makes me feel like wonderful. Right. And so like we can do the same thing for other people. We just are human beings that start getting into the daily minutia of things that like working out doesn't become a priority because we're not making it a priority and appreciating people, you know, just make it easy for yourself. Like, yeah. Make it like cheat proof, you know, yeah. kind of like clearing out your weakness foods. Like I should not have chips and salsa in my house. Like that's going to go. <laughs> I can have yeah. candy. I have no problem with donuts, candy, that kind of stuff. But you give me salty goodness, like with salsa. And that's like going to go bye bye. So same thing. Yep. Very quickly. Making an impact, make it easy on yourself. Um, to be able to share that with other people. And I just know that's, that's helped me a lot this past year mm. is being able to do that. I love how you are intentional about that. You think, okay, how can I give and how can I do this? But I also know that I need to make it easy. And I love that you're very intentional about that. And you're working into your operations and your structure so that it can be easy for you. So you're very intentional about being that person who makes 
you know, those little notes and those those little things. Because I'll sit down and I'll write a note and I'll never mail it, you know, kind of thing. But I love the <laughs> fact that you'll give it to somebody to make sure that they'll do it. And I think one of the things is that I've learned is bring people on your team and or surround yourself by operations, technology, something that makes your life easier to be able to accomplish your goals. And if that means delegating, do it, right? If it means doing a service that you can subscribe to that will allow you to be able to do whatever it is that you need to do, right? Whatever it is that makes it easy, because we need to be able to accomplish our goals, give back to our community, whatever that is, but then also make it easy. Because if it's too hard, we just don't do it. Mm -hmm. Our lives are too busy. Yeah, my executive assistant, her title is Ambassador of Appreciation. So oh, I like that. job is to make sure that we are, and including myself, that we are appreciating each other, that we're appreciating people that we serve. And so that is integrated in what we do, right? So like that in the last you know two years since we created that position, it's really helped become a focus for us, you know, not, not just me, but, you know, us as a team. And right. being able to do that. So, like, so what type of an impact has that had for your team being able to make that change and being able to have somebody specifically in that location? And I'm going to be super honest. That's just who I am. I am not a gift mm-hmm. person. I mm-hmm. always appreciate when I get gifts. I love gifts. Like, when people give me gifts, I'm always like, oh my gosh, you are so thoughtful. Because honestly, I'm just such a train. I get up in the morning, I'm like, boom, 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 boom. I will go until I fall over on the couch and then I beg my husband to bring me water or a glass of wine, whatever the type of day is. But the reality is until I just fall over, I go hard. And I don't, because the gifts are not my love language and I am a lot more, um, I'm not a big word of affirmation person either. Mm -hmm. Like if somebody says, thank you, I generally go, oh, you're obligated to do that. Like, I don't know why, but in my mind, I don't give it the creed. It really should give it. But when people are really authentic about saying, hey, thank you for this. This really impacted me. And it doesn't have to be anything that really touches me. It really, really does. But I love that you are so intentional about making that a role and a specific person who I'm sure that that the the gifts of appreciation verbally, you know, physical, those things are probably that person's passion. And you probably found just the right person to do that. And you found a way for you to make it easy for you guys to work together in that. But what type of an impact have you already seen that make on your team and or your community? So we have, we love you Wednesdays. And the thing is, is it, it's not something that's easy for you to do on a continual basis. You can plan it for the whole year. So we have one Wednesday a month that we pick that we're appreciating our team. And so there are very, various different types of things that we do. So some of them are really simple. Like uh, we just did St. Patrick's Day. So we mm-hmm. had a scratcher and it says, we're lucky to have you. And then one of our team members won a hundred bucks. Oh, wow. Right. So that's fun. It kind of perks up the day, makes it different. So everything's really different with our team. We have give to get. So if they are volunteering, whether with us on the things that we do as an organization, or if they volunteer on their own, the hours that they volunteer, they get to have those hours off any time that they would like to. Oh, nice. Yeah, so we have that and that's about appreciating our community and getting out there, but also understanding, you know, that we're going to support them in that. So that's been a part of what we do for our clients. Uh, we focus on Thanksgiving instead of Christmas. Um, right. Because not everybody celebrates Christmas. Yeah. So everyone can celebrate being thankful. <laughs> and then, so we're not necessarily celebrating the whole traditional what is Thanksgiving thing. We're celebrating right. the concept of being thankful. And right. so, we pick, you know, we appreciate our top clients 
and then we send them something special. Mm. Um, so it's not all our clients, but then we do send out like a fun little thing to them that shows them that we appreciate, you know, all our clients. So we do that. And the same with like our agencies, we'll send them something. And then like for me, I have a, with our agencies right now, I'm doing quarterly challenges with them. So sometimes showing appreciation could be pushing people to Mm -hmm. get out of their comfort zone and that you appreciate them as a person and their capability of who they can be in the future again. Right. So like our first challenge was I gave 10 scholarships to Darren Hardy's programs, um, productivity and fast pass to our team members, our agencies. And so it was like, within like a couple of hours, like those slots had been filled, right? Wow. So it was about investing in them. I was investing in them and their personal growth. And then this year I challenge or this quarter I've challenged them just yesterday actually to invest in themselves and others and then share it with us and gave them some examples of things that they could, you know, invest in. Uh, so and then I have some ideas for the third and the fourth quarter is how we're going to challenge them. So showing appreciation can come out in a variety of different ways. You know, everyone has a different love language. Mm -hmm. Um, And some people like, you know, like you said, words of affirmation are important. The gifts are important. Um, Knowing the love language of your team is is really interesting. Um, Because, you know, we and we have a list already of all of our team members when they come on. When we do the onboarding, we have a list of a survey that they take of all like the little things like their favorite color and, you know, Mm -hmm. what is their favorite restaurants and what are some hobbies that they have. So then we have all of the stuff already stacked up. So like for their anniversary and their birthdays, we know exactly what they would, if we would get something tailored to them. I love that. And and it helps them feel like you've listened to them, that Mm -hmm. you've, that you know them individually and that you listen to them individually. And I think that's really important for connecting with people because people want to be seen, known and heard, right? They want to be seen and they want to be acknowledged as an individual in our team. So I think sometimes it's always really good to be able to do kind of a blanket gift to your entire team, but it's also super impactful to be able to make an individual contribution that really says, I know you and I see you. And I love that you guys have that that favorite things uh, document or, you know, so that you can pull that out to be able to really not only do the big things or the the group uh, incentives, but then also be able to do really personal types of touches as well. Yeah. And I was recently listening to Brene Brown's podcast. Oh, and she had like Simon Sinek on it and um, they were talking about belonging. Mm. Um, with us being so connected through technology now, there is still that sense of belonging that is needed. Um, Mm -hmm. And so we can do it through technology, but person to person is most effective. And so it's like, how do you truly connect with people? Right? Like we were talking about going, you know, deep and, and having those four people that you connected if you spoke and the other person has this really long line. Well, I would rather have the four and go deep and know that connection that I'm having is, is sincere. It is, real, it is impactful, you know, than having a whole bunch of of it wide and people being more fan based. And so Mm -hmm. right now that sense of belonging is being watered down because we are trying to go so wide with things that we forget that it's more important for our souls and our sense of belonging to go deep. And so Mm -hmm. like I'm trying to like really focus on like if I choose to connect with you, 
and you're you're like one of my my peeps, right? And like soul to soul. I'm like, let's go deep. Like, like mm-hmm. I don't need to go wide. Like a lot of people are like, oh, you know, everybody, you have so many friends. And honestly, I have a lot of people that are not friends, but I, I do have a lot more friends probably than most people. I definitely have more friends than my husband. <laughs> he would tell you that for sure. But but make sure if you do meet somebody that is just a colleague or you know somebody that you just know lightly, but then you you want to go deeper with them, choose to go deeper with them. Make it mm-hmm. a priority um, and figure out how to make it easy for you to make a priority. So mine is, is that um, I use technology to help me. Um, I have a system base camp that I have people in it. And I am able to say um, my friend Lynn is in that and I want to have lunch with her at least once a month. And so I have it in there so I can make sure I'm scheduling it or Danny's scheduling it for me, you know, and um, and then I am being a good friend. It looks really weird to the outside world sometimes because like all of my friendships are like they're in a system and I put notes in there. So I don't forget the things that are really important about them right now, but also mm-hmm. things that are coming up. Yeah. Right? So I can recognize it. And it's not that I don't listen when I do it and it may occur to me later, but if you really want to go deep with people, then really listen, mm-hmm. take some notes. It's okay to take some notes because our we have so much going on. Our heads are filled with so much stuff yes. that it's hard to, it's like, not, not that you don't care is that it, it just doesn't become a focus. And so Mm -hmm. like, I'm really like, how does going deep look like, right? Mm -hmm. And going deep sometimes looks really nerdy and it looks very like unemotional (laughs) sometimes. It just does, you know? Who wants to know you're on my my to-do list? Like I'm checking you off. That's not what I'm doing. I'm not just checking you off. I am trying to intentionally make sure I've listened. I've notated it. I am looking out for something in the future that's important to you. So then I can be a good friend to you. And then I'm doing that because especially as being business owners or people that are in leadership, we just keep going. And then we don't realize that we've missed some things or some people along the way. And no longer are we deep with them. We are wide and we are surface level. Mm -hmm. And is that the connection you want? Years ago, I went to a conference and they were talking about like a bullseye, right? With the rings, right? The totally separate mm-hmm. rings, right? And you have a really small circle in the sun side and then you have these other ones that go big, right? And they said people are in these different rings, but they're still on your dartboard. They're still a part of your life. They're still a mm-hmm. very, very important part of your soul, right? And they bring different things to you. But as you get people coming into your center of influence, right? You're your, your really, really good friends, right? You're going to get into smaller circles. You're going to get into smaller circles. And sometimes life events, careers, children, whatever it is that we have, that we're all in different phases of life. Sometimes people might come out a ring or two and then they come back in and then maybe they'll go out a couple of rings and then they kind of come back in. But that was such a great visual. I felt like for me, because I wanted everybody to be in my inner circle and I wanted this like really deep, really wide, like you're, you're saying, I wanted this really big group of inside people at one point when I was younger, but then I realized, no, these are my lifers. These are my people that I don't have to talk to them every week or whatever, right? And I love that visual though, that there are just certain people and certain rings and that's okay. That's really, really good where they're at and that they may come in and they may go out Mm -hmm. and that that is a very healthy thing. And there may be other people that come in for a season and then they come out, but that there are other people that are just there, right? And they're there. 
And I love that you have been intentional because those people that are your people that are get smaller into your inner circles, they know your life, they know your speed, they know your team, they know your intentionality, and they can appreciate that, right? I mean, if they can't appreciate that you went out of your way to actually create the concept that you want to be really present for them and be there for them and love on them, then those are your people because they appreciate that about you. If they don't appreciate that or whatever, then maybe they're on your outside circle, right? They're people maybe that don't know you as well. And I think we need to give permission for people to say, hey, I need to love on people the way that is best for how we love on each other based on our own personalities and how that kind of mixes. And if people don't love it, that's okay. They're just not in my inner circle, right? They're not the people that really feel my soul. And maybe they're just on the outer rungs, but that's okay. Because, you know, that's a good place to be too, because we can still make an impact on each other that way. But that visual just really, I really thought about that when you were saying that. And just, I was hoping that maybe that might give some people out there some relief on how we can go ahead and relate to different types of people. Hello, loyal listeners. Hey, are you a local agent struggling to find markets for your client? Maybe you, maybe not. Look no further than Nation Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. With NBS, as they say it in the cool world, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and grow your business, aka agency. Don't settle for less. Do more with NBS. For more information about Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, visit nbsbrokerage.com. Cast certified. Yeah, no, I love that visual. And part of it is, is that once I systemized it for me, so I could focus on the people that I wanted to focus on, it became like, there was really interesting reactions with some people. They're like, oh, you're doing it because you're so busy. And then that's why I don't call you. And I don't like the word that I am too busy. I may be scheduled, but I'm not too busy. And then I say, how many times have you made the effort to reach out to me compared to how much I've reached out to you? Who's busy Mm -hmm. and not? Right. Right. And so I push back on that because the word busy has now become the excuse of why we don't do stuff. Right. So I schedule it so that even though my schedule may be packed, I am not too busy for that person to be there for them. And so you know, you can count on me to do that. Right. And so sometimes I think the people that push back sometimes with that is that their pain point for them is, and they, they don't necessarily come out and say it right away. Usually I have to kind of get it out of them is Mm -hmm. that honestly, they're not making the same effort, right? That's all guilt. That Mm -hmm. comment is all guilt. Mm. I haven't called you because, because I think you're too busy. So it's not the truth, right? So using the word busy what type of truths are we t- trying to bury when you 100%. use that word? So I, I'm really conscious of the word busy. When it comes out of my mouth, I'm like trying to like swallow it back in and go like, yep. nope, that's not the word that I need to be using. I need to say either if it's somebody you don't want to have on your schedule, you need to be upfront with them, right? Um, and not say, hey, oh, I'm really busy. I don't know if I'll get to it. I'll ask my sentence. Hey, like, you know what? You know what? I don't think that I want to proceed with this relationship or I could schedule you down the road. But right now I have these priorities, not too busy. These are the priorities that I'm working with. Right. 
And so then you can do that. And then the people that are really important to you, you can tell them my schedule, um, you know, right now I can't schedule you in the next week, but you're a priority for me. And I want to get you on the schedule so we can get some time together. That is a different mm. conversation than all the bullshit that we're saying about being busy. It is yep. hiding from the truth of really connecting with people or maybe disconnecting. Sometimes you have to disconnect for somebody. So you're like, oh, I'm just going to tell them like, you know, I'll, I'll go and see their technology in like five months. Right. Right. Just call me back in five months. Why bother? Is it really going to change in five months? Right. It's probably right. not. Right. If it's truly like, hey, I don't have time for it now, you know, in my schedule, but I do want to take a look at it, then that's fine. That's honest. But if it's truly a no, just let the no stand. And that goes back to confidence is being confident enough to not use the word busy. So I challenge people to not mm. use the word busy and replace it with what you really want to say. Yes, yes. Yes, that way too, we're not stringing people along. We're not constantly having to, you know, the guilt factor, you know, just be, just be real, just be honest, just say, Hey, right now, I love what you said right now. That's just not in the space of where I'm at, but we can definitely revisit that maybe at a later time. That doesn't mean they're not important. It just means right now in the season, you know, that's not necessarily where I need to put my focus on something. And, but you don't have a problem maybe doing it down the road, but if it's really not in your wheelhouse, don't. Don't drag it out. Like, don't just tell people, you know, and just be honest with them. I love that. I love that. So when you, and I know you said that you've done a lot of mentoring, you've, you've mentored and you've been mentored. Mm-hmm. How do you help people to really grasp a lot of these concepts that we're talking about today, about being authentic, about really being able to embrace courage, about being able to be more scheduled maybe or more systematic more operational because i do find that when we do those things it alleviates us mentally and emotionally to be truly present it's if i'm not systematizing thing if things if i don't have priority set if i don't step up in my own authenticity and in confidence then i find that i let too many things in and then i do have kind of a breakdown of my own confidence even further than what I struggle with. I find that by protecting my confidence, mm-hmm. I am more confident, if that makes sense. How do you how do you help people to be able to kind of step into that awareness? I think what you have to first say is like, how do you manage your life? Tell me mm-hmm. about your personal life and your professional life. How do you manage it? So we start there and they give you clues of how they're organizing their life. And sometimes they just straight come out and just say, I don't know what you're talking about. And then I say, okay, do you have a planner? Is it uh, systemized? Or do you just wing it all the time? You find yourself being very late to stuff, or you don't stick with commitments, or you're not true to the things, your goals. You're like, I ask a lot of questions. Yeah. Start, you know, start off with that. And then I go, usually I hand them a planner. <laughs> And so there's a couple of different planners I like. There's like one that's very female-ish. There's one that's kind of, you know, neutral to any gender. So depending on, you know, who they are as a person, the planner will be different. So a lot of times I'll get that planner to them and go, I need you to start here. Here's the first couple steps I need you to do. And then I give them a warning that, hey, I cannot be more invested in your life than you are. Mm. So if you don't follow through on these steps, then obviously you don't care about making the changes that you said you want to make. 
And I'm pretty, I'm very upfront about that. Uh, I don't want to waste my time on somebody that, you know, doesn't want to do the things they need to do to make a difference. And and I don't want to do it with somebody that's fighting me either. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like, it doesn't make any sense. Like I'm going to go invest in those that are investable. Right. So I just tell them, like, I give them one chance if they don't follow through on this stuff. And then I go, are you investable or not investable? Mm. Because I'm investing. You are not. Yep. And just be very, very clear with them. And it's really easy if they're, they're like, well, and they do all the excuses. And I said, okay, so if you want to hang with those excuses, you are not investable. But how many times are people really clear and really firm on that when they're doing mentoring? They're like, oh, mm-hmm. I'll give you a break and I'll do all that stuff. My time is worth more than your bullshit yep. Yep. So, and your excuses. Because if I owe somebody something, I'm going to make sure I get that done. Yeah. If it, if it truly matters, like for what I need to do. Right. And especially if I'm making an investment on myself, like, and somebody else's too, like, I'm not going to waste their time. But I think too, being honest with them says, Hey, we're going to be honest with each other. Right. This is not mm-hmm. a smoke and mirrors. You know, I mean, this is, you know, like you said, you're investing your time. You expect them to invest theirs and you expect for you guys to both come to the table. You know, this is not a situation where I need to go babysit you and pull out of you what you're not willing to be able to bring out in yourself, right? And I think that's fair. And to everybody out there who is looking for a mentor, wants a mentor, those types of things, make sure that we understand the amount of time and the amount of attention and presentness that this person is bringing to the table and honor the things that they're not doing right now so they can focus on you and be able to help us level up as individuals. And I think that's what creates a great mentor relationship on both sides. That's when people want to mentor. That's when people want a mentor as well. And they have a successful experience. I hear all the time about people who are like, oh, I connected with this person and we were gonna go ahead and get together and do some uh, business planning or some mentor type type activities. And then it was like, oh, well, they didn't follow through or I didn't follow, you know, or they, they were like, well, I had to reschedule a couple of times and all of a sudden everything just fell off the face of the earth. Well, we need to take personal responsibility for doing our very best and asking them to be able to do their very best in that moment. And there's always life that comes up, always, but that commitment and that resp- that relationship has to be a priority in that moment. Yeah, and they're disrespecting themselves by not doing the things they need to do first and foremost. And they're definitely disrespecting the value of your time as well. So yeah. it's like, I I would always like in the past when I would mentor, I was way more understanding of that than before. But I think that also like feeds into the fact that I am more confident that my time is precious and valuable and that I have experiences. And if they would like to, you know, be somebody that can learn from those experiences and what I can give give to them and bring to them, they're going to have to respect the hell out of me. Yeah. And so that needs to happen. So that's, that came with time too. So I become a better mentor through the years. And I've been like, I was always like a pretty, I was a really good mentee Mm -hmm. uh, because I paid for a lot of coaching through the years. uh, And so like, I value money. And if I make an investment in money, then I'm just like, okay, you got to show up. I'm doing it. Do it. Right. Yep. But it came back to me and I've had, like, I had a really bad coach one time and I paid a lot of money for this really bad coach. Right. Okay. 
but she taught me all the things I knew I didn't want to be in the future mm. as a mentor, right? So even so, that was worth the money. Mm-hmm. I could look at it that that was a waste of money. Whatever, I'd be like, I will never do that to a mentee, ever. I will, and here's here's how to prevent that from happening, right? And here's what I would do differently. And so I just said that was an investment that was worth the money um, afterwards. And that's not always easy to look at, right? Because if things mm-hmm. don't work out, a lot of times we go to the victim side where it's like, oh, well, yeah. I haven't gotten where I needed to go because I had a really bad coach and all this kind of stuff. Mm-mm. You're responsible for where your path is going, no matter what obstacles or things are thrown in your way. And you can decide to make it a learning lesson and you can remove those obstacles and then you can go more, more forward in your life. Yeah. Yeah. And everything has value. Everything teaches us something. Mm-hmm. And I think that we just need to look for it sometimes, you know, not become, like you said, the victim or, you know, get wallowing. Woe is me. You know, we have to look and see. And you were talking about earlier, the wins, right? Look at your wins. What did you accomplish? What did you learn? Who out of, out of this experience, whether or not it was what we expected or not, how did it make us better? How can it make us better? Sometimes we need to go look, look go, go a little deeper to be able to find out the answers to those questions. Yeah. And in certain situations even with that coach like the biggest lesson i got out of that was my gut first impressions are really right on mm. like super right on like fly with it like always fly with it and be confident about it and not be like well maybe and, uh, and like we do that all the time i'll give him but like maybe i was in a bad mood or maybe it was this and like yep. if, if you have a very strong gut instinct it's usually like right on. Yeah. 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 Women's in, intuition or whatever, like men have it too, but yeah. um, there's definitely their gut. Ours is our intuition. Um, like, like really like understand what that looks like for you. And it's okay to go with it because it seems like, like you're making a choice based on limited information, but usually that choice would have been right. And one one thing, too, is that it's not labeling it as right or wrong. It just means it's not right for me. And I think sometimes I'm afraid to be able to say, no, I don't want to do that. That make that choice because my gut says this is just not good for me. But we have to understand it doesn't mean that activity is wrong for everybody. It doesn't mean that that coach is wrong for everybody. It doesn't mean that business choice is wrong for everybody. It just means for me, it's not right. So by going with our intuition or our gut, we need to understand that we have certain leanings. of what we want out of life, out of our team, out of our careers. And we need to follow those because that is our intentional, that is our individual path that we are supposed to be able to occupy. And it doesn't mean other people's paths are wrong or different because they chose to do whatever that is, right? It might be a very successful situation, very successful company, very successful mentor, very successful whatever it might be. But if that's not in alignment with where I need to be, then that's the voice of my intuition that that's not where I need to be so that that way I can be who I need to be in this space. So I think we need to take away that label of right and wrong on so many things because people want to make right decisions, right? Oh, this mentor was great for this person or this coaching program was great for this person, but maybe I'm just not into it, right? It just means maybe it's not for us right now, right? We need to take away the labeling of right and wrong because then I think we're the, oh, I don't want to make a wrong decision. I don't want to make a bad decision. And I think that's what paralyzes us. When we come down to confidence, 
And when we come down to listen to our gut, I think sometimes we're like, well, I don't want to make a wrong decision. Mm-hmm. It's not wrong. It's just not in a level of integrity with the road that I'm on. And that's a totally different conversation than saying something's wrong or right. And I just really have worked on that the past um, eight to 10 years of whenever people are like, that's just so wrong. I'm like, it's not wrong. It's just not right for me. It's just, it's just, it's just not in my level of integrity. It's not on my road to authenticity and and, and integrity for where I'm at with my life. So I love the fact that you're, you're really open about that and that you're really intentional on being able to say right now, right here, this is not where I need to be if it's not working out. But yet at the same point, you're saying I'm worth it and my time is worth it. My resources are worth it because where I'm going with my gut and with my intuition tells me that where I need to be is here and to be able to follow that. I think that's so much a part of confidence mm-hmm. is listening to that to that gut, to that intuition so that you stay on that path of authenticity. And on the flip side of that, I totally agree with you, everything you just said. And because sometimes like, I think people don't understand me because I, you know, I tell people it needs to be the right fit for you and fit Mm. for me on something, Um, whether it be an agency we're looking at or a client that we're looking at. And sometimes our confidence is hurt because somebody says you're, you know, this isn't working for me, which means it's not, you're not working for me. Right. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's just not the right fit for them, but that's okay. So then what you have to do on the flip side is not take it personal. If somebody says that you are not the right fit for them, I never take it personally. If an agency is like, I don't think that's realized the right fit for us. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm totally fine with it. I'm like, I want you to be in a good place. And I know you would want, and I always just say out there that you haven't, that I let people have the intentions of good, right? And Mm -hmm. so I say, I know you would want the same for me. Mm -hmm. And, and so, but we get so butthurt because we feel rejected, (laughs) right? So true. But we're not being rejected. We're just, somebody's just like, it's just, it's not the right fit. It doesn't mean that you're wrong for everything that you've done ever in your life. I mean, how many times like have we shamed ourselves and told ourselves like, well, they rejected me. So now I'm this, 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 this. These are all the billion yep. things that are wrong with me now because this one person decided that I wasn't the right fit for whatever it was as yep. simple as it can be a client that just said, you know, I think this isn't the right fit for me. And they reject you, you know, as their agent. I mean, mm. we take it so personally. Um, my do. first. My first male manager taught me like a great lesson. I did not like him when he said it. Um, <laughs> right. And, and I but don't think he you. meant Yeah, I don't think he meant it the way that I take it now, which is okay. he said when I asked him why there was so much turnover, he said, Some will, some won't, who cares who's next? Ooh. So I was like, Oh, awesome. So I'm disposable. Like that's how I took it in the beginning, right? Yeah. So as I grew that little voice of that sentence kept going in my head. And then I was like, some will understand me. Some won't. Who cares? And who's next? And I started putting mm-hmm. it into context of not feeling rejected. So I took something initially, which was something I felt very rejected by, right? Yep. And yep. then twisted it into a you know, mantra, I could say in my head, that I could understand and honor 
what was the right fit for somebody else. Mm, I love that. I love that. I just absolutely love that. And I think um, that's so important for people because it might be even that our season of a, of a position in, in an agency, right? That maybe we start off over here, we need or we want to be able to transition into a new role within that agency, right? Or, you know, into maybe a different agency, right? Or to a different carrier or to a different job, right? Within our career. We have we have this lifelong path and we have this lifelong journey from the time that we're born to the time that we pass on. And from that, it's our unique line to do with as our intuition and our gut and our heart says. And there will be people who will come in and there will be people who will come out and there will be people who come back and there will be people who won't. And I love that you are taking so many things and making them so positive, not only for you, but for the people around you to be able to encourage other people, again, not in a right versus wrong manner, but in a what's best for me manner so that other people can also stand in that same integrity and say what's best for them. And you can maybe have a team member that's with you for a season and you can say, I send you off into the universe in your next phase of life with love, right? And not be all butthurt about the fact that they left our agency or that they wanted something different or that they, you know, that whatever it is that they're doing might just take them out of your immediate spectrum. And I love that you that you pass that along, not only for yourself, and it creates that confidence. But then also you give that gift to the universe too through all the avenues that you're really helping other women in the industry. And I think that's so crucial to encouraging women and just men, everybody, to encourage the right people to be in the right location with the right position, with the right clients doing the right job. And that is, I think, the, the, the role of a mentor and a leader. So thank you so much for being that for so many people out there. Yeah, it takes a lot of work. <laughs> and it's yeah. a lot of like, I use this phrase all the time, check yourself before you wreck yourself moments. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you've heard me say this probably before, because I did speak about it is like my first initial reaction to some stuff isn't like awesome. And I tell you, my face gives it away. And so like, I have to take a deep breath. And that's just a yep. matter of really becoming emotionally intelligent to take yourself out mm-hmm. of the equation for the benefit of another human being that's just speaking their truth. True. You know, I was actually, you talked about Brene Brown. Um, I went to Austin yesterday, drove down and back. It's three hours from here. So one way, just for so everybody has a little bit of a scope. But uh, I'd listened to Dare to Lead with Brene Brown. Mm-hmm. Love her. She has a great podcast uh, specifically on she she was originally calling them in her dare to lead program safe spaces like we're creating a safe space here but what i really love is they actually changed that somebody actually challenged her on that and said why don't we call it making a brave space because we cannot Mm -hmm. determine what is safe for everybody and we cannot Mm -hmm. determine if a look or a word or even when people leave this space whether or not what happened here is still safe for them when this conference is over right we cannot determine the definition of safe for everyone. But what we can do is we can encourage people to step up and to be in their authentic space, to be brave, to be able to cultivate safety for other people, to be able to be brave, to be able to speak their truth, but then also be brave enough to love other people's truth. So she she really said that they're working on changing a lot of the vernaculars within the program to creating brave spaces. And I thought that was such a great term that as we go out there, whether or not, you know, whatever it is we're doing in our industry and for our team and for our, for the people that surround us, creating a brave space for everyone to find their authentic space 
and to be who they are, but then also love other people's authentic space. And I just, that to me just blew me away yesterday. In fact, I think I sent that podcast to four people, like when I pulled over to gas station, because I was like, oh my gosh, we've had this conversation about how to do it. And it was such a great conversation. So I appreciate you for creating those brave spaces for our community. Yeah. And and that's what we're, the Wise Workshop came mm-hmm. to be. You know, there's all these conversations of things we don't say. You know, we don't yes. talk about empowerment. Like, what is it? How do you do it? How do you mentor? How do you lead? You know, we don't talk about how men and women show confidence differently. You know, mm-hmm. we don't talk about mental well-being in the workplace. Do you have a dashboard that can show you, you know, how you're doing or how somebody else is doing and, and recognize it when your engine of a person is about to completely explode? Right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we don't talk about how to have the right conversations at the right time. And so we created this to have that brave place to talk about it and be able to do it. And when I first started it um, and brought it to Heather and said, I think it's time for us to do this, I was like, OK, I'm giving us like less than four months to put this thing together. Truly, I've never have done this type of thing before. And I don't know if people want to go to a conference that has this type of feel to it that's the, yeah. you know and so like what I did was I leaned into a brave place for me mm. and that brave place was reaching out to people like you um, and knowing that that was a place where I could you know speak my truth have somebody hear me understand where I was coming from support that but also give me good feedback I did that mm. with my uh, mentoring group that we have together uh, my mastermind and it's mainly a bunch of men. And so like I put it in front of them and they said, if anybody could do this, Danielle, you would be the person to do this. And you could bring the message that needed to go out there and not a place of, you know, when you put yourself in saying, yeah, I'm the, I'm the person that um, wants to empower women. Um, you're like, okay, am I going to be like in this box now? <laughs> okay, right. Like this box now? I've done a lot of stuff in the industry that had nothing to do with the fact that I'm a female. So, you know, you just like, you have to go to a brave place. So I, I love that you said that because for me, it was, I looked at it as a place of people who would give me confidence, but also mm-hmm. challenge me. And, mm-hmm. and that's awesome that you put some words together to what it was that I was trying to do is I was trying to find my brave places where I can, you know, feel confident, but feel challenged at the same time. I love it. So, okay. So you do have the Facebook group with this W I I S E. I want to make sure that people can go and check that on out and be able to look that up. There's a women in insurance supporting each other, correct? Sharing empowerment. Mm-hmm. Sharing empowerment. So sorry. I know it's a lot yes. of words. <laughs> <laughs> and it works great, but it's W I I S E. So I want to make sure people yep. can look it up that way, as well as the fact that you have a website. You also have a uh, wise workshop coming up here a little bit. I don't know if we're going to get this out in time. Obviously, it's I think it's like in two weeks, so it's like super mm-hmm. fast. But it's not. But hopefully, this is obviously something that will be a reoccurring event for people to be able to look up and uh, give us a two minute synopsis on what you guys are focusing on for that workshop. It is a place now, a brave place that men and women <laughs> can come together. And they can speak about the things we don't talk about. I mean, the mm-hmm. subjects that I talked about, about empowerment, about leadership, um, and seeing examples, we're going to have wise women giving quotes that really speak to them and how it has guided their careers for them to take the risks that they've taken. And we're going to have 
you know, experts in mental well-being um, are going to be there too. And so we want to have, the, the, like I said, it's so important to talk. And we're not really talking authentically. You can go back to the word busy, right? right. That's a cover for not really tell, speaking our truth. Like find those words where you're finding that you're not speaking your truth. And that's where I'm pushing people and Heather's, you know, pushing people to really connect with people. Mm. We are searching for connection and belonging, but we are doing it with all of the wrong words and we are doing it without really going deep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. And you also have coming up here, you're starting today. Your newest project. Tell us a little bit about that as well. Um, yeah, so uh, the Declaration of Independent podcast, uh, we are going to give a voice to making the independent channel the dominant channel. So my first guest is Tyler Asher, because I really feel like uh, Safeco and Liberty really put it out there that they were going to be the carrier for the independent agency. And I really wanted to get the backstory of, of what that really looked like and, and what they were doing and how that came about. That is awesome. I'm super excited to see where that's going to go as well, because I love, of course, you know, we kind of talked about it before. We all get excited about going in the independent industry if people go that direction because they think choices, choices, choices. But then sometimes it gets so overwhelming. And um, sometimes uh, we need to really kind of remind ourselves and see the beauty in that, in that, um, in the options of the choice, not sometimes the overwhelmness of, of the options and the choice. So I love, I love all of that. So and people want to reach on out to you, how can they reach out to you so that they can connect with you most effectively? Yeah, the easiest way is actually on my website. It's daniellesmink.com. My first name is very hard to spell. So it's D-A-W-N-Y-E-L and then S-M-I-N-K.com. It'll connect you to uh, the books I've written, the groups that we have um, put together and some of our resources too. I love it. I love it. Well, Donia, you have been amazing. And I always love talking to you. You're such a, a great amount of information, but so authentic and so personable all at, all at the same time. So thank you so much for taking the time out of your schedule to be able to come and help to be able to spread so much love and wisdom to so many people out there. So I'm excited and I would I can't wait to I, mean, I know we've had you on before. So people go check out. I think we had her on like a year and a half, two years ago. Mm -hmm. Maybe was it that long ago? It, and, have been. <laughs> it has been a bit. And we we're just saying, I think the podcast has been around three years now. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I just it doesn't feel like three years, but time flies when you're having fun. So um we've already talked about so many different topics. I would love to be able to delve even further in. So uh, we need to put another one on the calendar. And I would love to be able to talk to about maybe even a recap of how some of these things are really evolving for you with the WISE program, the workshop, and some of the cool things that you're seeing out there in the industry. So we're going to have you back on. I love it. I love it because you're just amazing. So thank you so much for all you're doing. Yeah. Thank you so much for being a trailblazer, um, you know, as a agency and in our industry, but especially for women and just a great example I am always, like I said, I was inspired by you to do this podcast that I'm doing. So we definitely, it'd be kind of cool. Maybe we do, we continue the conversation over on that side too and talk about, it. you know, declaring our independence as women and some of the it. things both of us have done. So that would I be that idea. a lot of fun too. And so I just really appreciate the opportunity to always talk with you. I always learn a ton and I could talk to you for like 
days and days. You're one of those <laughs> I <know>. people. <laughs> I know. I'm sitting here looking at the clock going, I'm sure she has another appointment, but I just have so much else I want to talk about. So I have to curb myself and I have to keep myself in a good place so that way I don't mo- monopolize your day. Because I'm like, I'm sure she has other things she needs to be doing. But <laughs> I really appreciate you. And everybody, make sure that you check out our original version of our original conversation that we had two years ago or so with Danya and all the amazing women that we do talk to every single week because we talk to another woman every single week, every single week of the year. And we have some amazing series out there about books right now. We just actually wrapped up a series about overcoming under earning. We've talked about some great uh, Dorne Brown books. We've also talked about the confidence code in multiple different venues. We might actually do a specific episode on that now that I'm thinking about it. Because being able to level yourself up with your career, who we are, being able to find your authentic voice is exactly what we're all about here at the Power of Women in Insurance podcast. So everybody, check us out. Give us a review online. It helps us to connect with more women. Share this episode so that that way we can get the message out. And everybody, will talk to you next week. Everybody, have a great week. Hey, agents, listen to this. Listen to this. What are we terrible at? Think of it. Think of it. Really? We're, we're terrible at training, right? We're not very good at hiring. We're not very good, terrible at firing, actually. Uh, terrible at creating process and some workflows. Terrible at technology and implementing that technology and even knowing what type of technology we want. And the list goes on and on. Now, listen, I'm an agency owner. And I, you know how it is to, to fix a problem. The first thing you got to do is you got to admit you have a problem. Here's what you do. Go to virtualintel.com, check out what we do, because we do all those bad things that you can't do, really. And you may do one or two of them well. Good for you if you can do them all. Just want you to know you're in the minority. But if you can't do any of them good, or you don't even want to do them anymore, because it just takes too much mental power, then good for you for realizing that and give us a call. I'm telling you, virtual intelligence, that's what we do. And where we specialize in high quality VEs, not virtual assistants. Look it up. Go to ChatGPT. Put in what's the difference between a virtual assistant and a virtual employee. Enough said. I don't have enough time to go on and on about all the differences on this 60 second commercial, but you've got time to search it and look at it. That's what we do. We deliver high quality VEs. We mix the technology with it. We train them on the technology, give them and the technology to you and you're off to the races. I'm not joking with you. You can call my agency at any time, ask for Lordland. And we do ask her, say, how fast are you able to do quotes? I've actually got a couple videos of it. That's right. We can do five to 10 carriers in one quote in three to seven minutes. So you give me an auto quote, I can do five to 10 carriers in three to seven minutes. How are we doing it? We're doing it through the technology of virtual intelligence. Give us a call, check us out. You can ask for me personally, I'll do the demo for you. Who are they? Cast certified.